Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 484. The small reflection of the girl just sat there. But it wasn't like you thought it would be, was it? Dennis said more gently this time. I could see the girl's shoulders begin to shake and heard a series of faint, heartbreaking sobs. I looked away from the wine glass and set it back on the table. Here. There was the sound of a glass being knocked onto the table. Drink that, Dennis said. It will help a bit. Not a lot, but a bit. The sobbing stopped. The girl gave a surprised cough, choking a little. You poor silly thing, Dennis said softly. Meeting you is worse than looking in a mirror. For the first time, the girl spoke loudly enough for me to hear her. I thought if he's going to take me anyway and get it for free, I might as well go somewhere I can pick and choose and get paid for it. Her voice trailed off until I couldn't make out any words, leaving only the low rise and fall of her muffled voice. The Tenpenny King? Denna interrupted incredulously, her tone more venomous than anything I'd ever heard from her before. Kissed and Crail, I hate that goddamn play. Modigan fairy story trash. The world doesn't work like that. But, the girl began. Denna cut her off. There's no young prince out there dressed in rags and waiting to save you. Even if there were, where would you be? You'd be like a dog he'd found in the gutter. He'd own you. After he took you home, who would save you from him? A piece of silence. The girl coughed again, but only a little. So what are we going to do with you? Denna said. The girl sniffed and said something. If you could take care of yourself, we wouldn't be sitting here, Denna said. A murmur. It's an option, Denna said. They'll take half of what you make, but that's better than getting nothing and having your throat slit on top of it. I'm guessing you figured that out yourself tonight. There was the sound of cloth on cloth. I tipped my wine glass to get a look, but all I saw was Denna making some indistinct motion. Let's see what we have here, she said. Then there came the familiar clatter of coins on a table. The girl made an odd murmur. No, I'm not, Denna said. It's not so much when it's all your money in the world. You should know by now how expensive it is to make your own way in the city. That's the page. My name is Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Something that I never picked up on before is the line that Dennis says here in the middle of the page. There's no young prince out there dressed in rags and waiting to save you. In her case, there is. We have Quoth literally dressed in rags sometimes who is dying to be able to save her. Mm -hmm. And unlike the worst case scenario she's imagining, uh, I feel like at this stage, Quoth wouldn't necessarily require or Denna wouldn't need saving from Quoth although maybe that's the tragedy writ small maybe they're you know it's a bit of a dog chasing car situation is when they get what they want what do they do with it um, I also think that we can glean a little bit more of Denna's story than Denna's letting on here because looking at this girl is worse than looking in a mirror which means her story is practically the same mm-hmm yeah, that's the read I have on that as well. And just to go back to the first point you made, Nick, uh, if your theory that Quoth is related to the Lacklesses and that he might even be like next in line to inherit their oh yeah their lands, then, he, then he would also be he would also fit the uh, prince description. And that you know what maybe that is some of why Denna is so hesitant to kind of pull the trigger on a relationship with Quoth is that she really thinks he's too good to be true. Mm -hmm. She keeps on doubting him because she says, you know, you treat me too well. I can't possibly have got this lucky. It's like something out of a fairy tale. Exactly. So there must be something suspicious. There must be another shoe to drop. And 
I think that to an extent, their story in this book is them both self-sabotaging. Yes. Because they both kind of think that. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that is part of what makes their romance so tragic is because, you know, as you've pointed out, they, they're not great at communicating with each other. Uh, and neither of them thinks that they are worthy of the other person's love, uh, which is the ultimate self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. We get a more venomous tone from her, uh, which may be, you know, which is, I think we know Denna is a consummate actor. And I, as much as I hate to think about it, I can't help but wonder if she has a persona that she puts on for Quoth. I do think that it's probably the closest to her own unguarded self, but I bet you that to some extent it is a persona and that she has potentially a mean streak. She has a venomous streak here. She, and she's also probably reacting to the Jungian shadow of, of this girl who she's bumped into. So of course she's feeling a little bit of disgust, but it, it is a new side of her to see this venom. I was going to say, she contains multitudes. Like, I think everyone has a venomous streak. It's just, we don't see it a lot from anyone. So, like, for Denna to give us this side of herself doesn't seem out of place to me at all. It doesn't feel like a kind of streak she wouldn't have. It's just we haven't seen it before. I think that's right. And if I can pick at what Nick was saying a little bit, uh, what gets this... What what brings this venomous streak out of Denna? The mention of a play, The Tenpenny King. And I can't help but wonder if this girl is like looking into a mirror for Denna and this girl was inspired to run away and seek her fortune by this play, The Tenpenny King. Well, what if Denna reacts so strongly and it's like, man, I hate that play because when she was this girl's age, when she was in this girl's position, she also was like, I'm going to run away and it's going to be just like the Tenpenny King and I'm going to like meet a prince in rags and it didn't happen for her. Mm -hmm. Mm. Which I mean, to an extent, the real life version of this is I'm going to run away to Hollywood and become a star. Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, it also might be like the, the broad, like theoretical dream of marrying rich. This is a story about stories. And what we have here is possibly the dark side of investing too much in a story or in believing the truth of stories and not parsing the, the reality from the fiction. That's how I would sort of start to bundle this in with the greater theme of the book, which is the, the power of stories and how stories affect the real world is that if you buy in too much to a story like this, the same rules don't apply in the real world and you're going to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I also think that Rothfuss does such a good job of giving us one side of a conversation, but help. But through that, we understand both sides. Like when she says, you know, the girl sniffed and said something, and then Denna's response is, if you could take care of yourself, we wouldn't be sitting here. So, of course, we know exactly what the girl said. She said, I can take care of myself. Yeah. And then the next thing she mm-hmm. says is, like, I could get a pimp. You know, I could try and find myself a pimp. And Denna's reaction is like, well, yeah, you could, but it's better, you know, it's they take half your money, but it's better than nothing, you know. Um, but then I think Denna, without wanting to get into it with her, is like, and there's other problems with having a pimp too, so it's actually better if you can take care of yourself, if you can take care of yourself for a while and I can help you out. And I think the girl says something like, oh, you're rich. And Denna's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hadn't thought, I didn't really like put together what Denna was saying in in that like in, or I guess what uh what the other girl was saying to Denna like the you're being you're rich thing I didn't put that together but I I see it now 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Denna is really putting herself out there by helping her. She is upending her purse to give a large portion of it, presumably, to uh, to this girl. And it's all the money she has in the world. Mm-hmm. We have a letter today. We have many letters, actually. Ooh, We've been uh, keeping Mr. Mailbag fat and happy in the corner. But now we're going to uh, begin to purge him. And from his leavings, we will fish out some letters. We first have a letter from John from Vintus, our old friend who writes on Whence the Bone Ring. On page 442, Jordana wondered where Stapes had got the bone ring from. I don't see a problem, really. The mayor is a wealthy lord, and he has a manor, which clearly means he must have a ready and plentiful supply of interns. <laughs> <laughs> You That's know, the letter. We have, I love it. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. We have an actual letter which has some 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 discussion. But thank you, John. Uh, I appreciate your your bits. We have a letter here from Scarpy's Left Nostril, writing again on page four forty one, pedantry and a question. Hello again, pagers. What a thrill to hear you read my pedantic letter on episode four twenty four, and to hear you indulge your own pedantry on page four four one, champing versus chomping at the bit. It's champing, by the way. For those of us who get into this stuff, it's a supremely friendly act to nitpick, but not everyone shares that view. So apologies if I get your collective goat. Today, I've got a question for you, and I'm eager to hear your thoughts. I haven't been able to download all the episodes from the earliest days of the podcast, so maybe someone has asked this in the past. The question is, what do the Chandrian actually do all day? Clearly, they seem to spring into action if someone is singing the wrong sort of song or if someone runs across an image of them, and they'd probably be quick with a takedown notice if anyone posted a video about them on Yiltube. Yet, it also seems like centuries of suppressing knowledge of them or convincing most people in Tamarant that they are made-up boogeymen, appearing in children's stories, have paid off. Quoth is obsessed with them, but he knows he can't just ask anyone for information because he'd be packed off to Haven. Do they spend most of their time fleeing from or hunting down the emir? Maybe just listening for their names? What do you think? May the scrail never nest in your cupboards, signed Scarpy's left nostril. I have an answer to this, but I want to open it up to my co-hosts. Yeah, well, I mean... I think we know what Nick's answer is going to be that they, they actually are more mundane than anything. And they don't like take on their Chandrian aspect until they absolutely have to. And otherwise they just go around doing mundane things. Nick has argued that Cinder is like just doing mundane banditry in the woods and that he's not up to anything more sinister. I of course think that they do have a plan much like the rhymes say, and much like the Cylons. Um, and I think that they are, you know, I think they are working on some kind of Machiavellian grand design. And I think we have discussed it before long ago in the distant past that maybe their plan is to once and for all stamp themselves out of song and memory and com- and become like a complete, uh, like, like erase themselves from everyone's memories and everyone's uh, perceptions. And that will somehow free them from the curse that they're under. Uh, you know, like if no one remembers who the Chandrian are, if no one's telling stories about them, if there aren't even like children's rhymes, then they might become free. Uh, but people like Foth's dad keep trying to sort of like dig into the past and resurrect them. And that somehow keeps them trapped. So they have to silence them. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, I just want to amend your point that I, I don't think those two things are incompatible. I think that they can be doing mundane things and advancing their plan. And very likely their plan requires mundane things. Not everything needs to be casting spells from the top of Karadras. Uh, they could just, you know, they have to get money from the mayor's coffers into somewhere else. And the best way to do that is banditry, for example. They probably are scattered throughout the world, working their will in small ways, 
possibly through institutions. Uh, and that is, is part of their plan. What's their plan? What's their plan? Uh, waylay the tax man, waylay the tax man. Wait, what? <laughs> Good. What do you think the Cambrian are up to, Jordana? I prefer not to speculate at this time. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, Jordana. Head empty, no thoughts, brain scrambled egg. It sounded like you just said brain scrambled egg. That is what I said. Scrambled is not a word. That's what you think. It's it's scrambled. That's what someone with a scrambled egg brain would think. Oh, thanks. Hey, you somehow said it, not me. Sc- somehow scrambled is more offensive than scrambled. <laughs> Speaking of scrambled brains, listeners, we have uh, an announcement to make. We are going to take a little break. Uh, not now. We are just want to kind of front load you with that information so you're not too surprised. But come the halfway point, which is page 497, we are going to take a little bit of time off. Uh, As you probably know, there's been a big pandemic, and while having this podcast as a touchpoint throughout was absolutely a lifesaver for me, uh, I do fear that as we move out of it, um, I'm getting a little bit burned out on this, and I think my co-hosts can can attest, but we are committed to fulfilling our dark pact, and so we are going to take a couple months off uh, once we hit the halfway point, page 497. We will continue to support uh, or to populate the Patreon feed with uh, monthly uh, episodes. So think of it as an intermission more than anything else. We are absolutely coming back, uh, but we just need a little bit of time. And I hope you can uh, forgive us that. And if you can't forgive us, uh, you can go to hell. Uh, <laughs> and we'll all go to hell together on tomorrow's page. Uh, the win. win.